Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is August 16th. We are creeping towards the start of the 2022 NFL season. I can't wait. This is week two of the NFL preseason. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, very long-tenured fantasy writer and player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well. Good day, sir. I love the new intro, i got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I thought we had to mix it up a little bit. And uh, shout-out to David Jones. He does the uh, the voiceover. He's very professional. You hear me over in Hollywood. But, uh, yeah, he, he, that's all on him. <laughs> I just told him, I said, you know, we want to make these changes to the, to the, to the words a little bit. And then, you know, he does what he's saying, and that's, that's what's great about it. But, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, look up David Jones on, on, on the web there. I'm sure that he'd love to do some work for anyone that's looking for voiceover work. Anyway, let's get right to the uh, news and notes. Well, before I start this, I did want to thank the guys over at uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC. They had me on their uh, high-stakes show, I like to call it the Power Hour, uh, last Friday night, where we specifically did, uh, discussed my uh, FFPC Pros versus Joes draft that took place at the very end of, uh, of July. We went over a lot of the key picks and such, Melvin Gordon and such, and other, other players, Javonta Williams. Yes, I, I got both of them on the same team there. Uh, and it's a lot of good stuff. This is my first ever appearance on YouTube. It was not a podcast. It's a, it's a YouTube channel, people. So go to YouTube and do a search for FFPC, and you'll see uh, last Friday uh, Michael Masarek, uh special guest, and uh, lots of good stuff. I come on uh, about minute six or all, so, so I'm on for about 30 minutes. Uh, if you fast forward to, to minute 33, you'll see a special gift that I'm offering everybody that wants to come and try out FF Mastermind this year. I want to uh, thank uh, Eric Balkman, the, the host of that show, as well as, of course, Dave Gerzak and Alex Gnoski, uh, for, I'm sorry about pronouncing his last name, Alex. You know who you are. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and I'm looking forward to drafting in the draft this, this year. Anyway, let's get right to the news and notes of training camp news. Uh, big surgery for Zach Wilson, who injured his knee in the preseason game this past weekend. The Jets were kind of holding their breath on whether he was going to be able to uh, uh, come back with just a trim of the meniscus. Uh, and he's also got a bone bruise there out two to four weeks. So they're going to take their time with him. 
Fortunately, it's not a more serious injury, and he's not going to miss the entire season. He may be just in play or out of play for the first week or two of the season. Joe Flacco would start. So, fantasy impact, Chris, what do you think? Uh, what does this do to the Jets' offense, uh, you know, with uh, Wilson kind of gimpy or not playing the first week or two? Well, can, does anyone really think the Jets' offense could get any less fantasy-friendly? I mean, this, there's not a lot of players being currently drafted, if you look at ADPs, uh, in the league. And, and they are, and I don't think any of them are being drafted as starters. Maybe Elijah Moore as a number three. So, I can't really say this hurts them a lot. But the one interesting thing is I heard that uh, – one of the veteran receivers on the team, and uh, we'll leave it at that, was commenting about how uh, he, he likes the fact that Joe Flacco seems to always get to put the ball, a catchable ball, where it's supposed to be. Didn't say that Wilson didn't, but made a point of saying that's what Flacco did. So uh, I, I, I don't know if maybe there's a little bit of grumbling there in Gotham, but uh, uh, I don't know if Zach Wilson's really endeared himself on the field, at least, to, to his teammates. So, Fantasy impact, negligible, really, because I don't really think the Jets were high on anyone's fantasy radar for the most part. Yep. Uh, maybe that uh, the initials of that guy might be CD. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it like that. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, this guy's been shooting up our, our, our draft boards the last couple of weeks, uh, moving him up with the premium subscriber list. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Adam Schefter finally came out and, and said it, it looks more and more like uh, the suspension for Alvin Kamara, if it's coming, it's going to come in 2023 because his first premier, uh, uh, preliminary hearing isn't until September 29th. So, um, you know, we got him in Fanex in the middle of the second round. Uh, Chris, what do, you, what do you do with him now? Do you, you move him up into the top 10 or 12? Uh, where does he rank in the running backs? Uh, well, I mean, for those who listened to the show last week, you know that I already had him at number four in my R running back rankings because in PPR, because I didn't think this, I thought this is exactly what's going to happen. I didn't really think there was much of a chance. But if you didn't have him uh, inside your, your top ten for sure, uh, maybe even higher depending on how strongly you feel about his skills, um, he absolutely has to be there. I mean, I just don't see how um, if you have a reduced risk or likelihood of, of getting suspended, you don't have this guy in your top ten. Uh, running backs for sure, and maybe even top 10 overall, like you just said. I, I think if he, if there was no threat of suspension, he'd be a first-round pick for sure. So I really think you got to keep him there um, uh, right now. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a steal for people drafting right now. we got him in the middle of the second round. I mean, he, like you say, he might end up going in the middle of the first round, uh, you know, come the start of September. Uh, so move him up your draft board if you if you got your your draft list there. Uh, oh, by the way, I just want to throw this name out, Mark Ingram. Uh, you and I draft him as a uh, kind of a CYA uh, just in case. What, what do we get him, round 15? Uh, 16, I believe. 16. All right, so uh, you might want to pair Mark Ingram, and it's not gonna, it's not costing you an arm and a leg. It's not like Alexander Madison would cook. You don't have to grab Mark Ingram around ten, <laughs> or even uh, sooner, or especially not like Pollard and Zeke. But uh, you might want to pair Ingram with uh, Kamar just in case. We'll see here. Anyway, uh, interesting news coming out of Washington. Um, Antonio Gibson. Wow, there's been talk, lots of talk about whether he's going to stay the the, the lead back. Uh, how much is Brian Robinson going to take away from him in the rookie out of Alabama? And then we get into the, the preseason game this week. I believe it was a second carry on the game, and he fumbled. and was promptly benched, and uh, Brian Robinson came into the game, looked pretty good, and ended up scoring a touchdown in that game. And then Monday's practice came, and here's Antonio Gibson playing on the return punt uh, team that he'd never done before. And he saw some wrestle the third squad, third, rep, uh, third, third team reps, before they moved it back up to the first team. So uh, 
What, what's your thought on this, Chris? Uh, are you downgrading Antonio Gibson? Do you think this was just punishment in, in the odds for the fumble? Or obviously they're trying to get him not to fumble, but is, should people that are looking at Antonio Gibson worry about this? I, I don't know if I worry about the whole practice with the third team thing. I think that was just sending a message to, a, to the team that everyone is, is, is on, you know, on the clock and, you know, they're, they're all, everyone's, you know, got to fight for everything they have and nobody's above, above punishment. I do think that Gibson does have a significant likelihood, not, not chance, likelihood of being in a full-blown RBBC this year. I, like you mentioned, Brian Robinson, they really like him. He might be a better short yardage back than Gibson anyway. And obviously, J.D. McKissick is one of the, one of the prime uh, third-down back receiving backs in the league, and he's not going to go away, especially in a PPR. So you already are looking at splitting time if you're looking at Gibson. Um, maybe this just indicates that the leash might be shorter or that the support for Robinson's role might be bigger. I don't know if this downgrades him a lot because I think a lot of people were already kind of a little bit iffy on Gibson being a bell cow. Yep. Okay, let's move on over to Houston, where uh, the former Colt, Marlon Mack, was signed, and it looked like he was going to start. He might still start the start of the season, but then, of course, they drafted Damian Pierce, and, boy, he uh, really impressed. Now, he did uh, run against the backups of the opposing team, but on five, just five carries, ran for 49 yards. That's almost 10 yards a carry. Uh, Chris, fantasy impact here. Do you, do you uh, pass on Marlon Mack and, and draft Pierce? And Pierce is climbing ADP, so he's going well before Mack. Do you just take take a chance on Pierce a little bit earlier, or do you just kind of wait that out and draft the Mac later for depth just in case? What do you think? Yeah, that's a tough call because, I mean, Pierce was the value early on in the summer because his ADP was so much lower than Max. Not that Max was high, but, they, but you know, Pierce was, was better return on investment, a lower draft pick. With him rising, especially going ahead of Max, now it starts to become iffy just because that's going to be a lousy running offense. Um, they're going to pass the ball a lot. Um, they're not going to run. They got a really tough schedule uh, of run defenses as well, especially during the latter half of the year when Pierce might move into the starting lineup. So I think from a dynasty perspective, absolutely great pick. He's probably going to be a, a, have a chance of being a, a bell cow next year. Later in the year, he's probably going to take over in redraft leagues. Man, I'm just not sure that any of these of these uh, Texans running backs are going to be really worth a salt. But you know, if you have to take a chance on one, great. Just don't overpay for him for any for any running back in this offense. Yeah, it kind of sounds like uh, you're like me, maybe leaning towards a, a four at best uh, for for your roster, and, and he's probably coming at almost a three uh, in in cost of these drafts right now because you know he's a hot rookie. You know, and you're, you're putting putting him up there with the other other rookies, uh, rookie running backs and such. So, anyway, one final note here before I get to the uh, quick list of injuries: uh, Rams undrafted free agent uh, wide receiver Lance. McCutcheon has been having a great fantasy, actually a great preseason in the camp. And they said, watch him during the preseason. Well, he didn't disappoint. Now, he wasn't catching these bombs and passes and touchdowns from Matt Stafford, who didn't play in the game. But he did score two late touchdowns. I mean, basically took a one-on-one ball away from defender, stayed on his feet, and scored the touchdown. So the question here is, you know, Van Jefferson with a knee, uh, he had a little surgery uh, procedure done on it. He, he kind of iffy, he might still play week one. And, of course, you got a healthy cup and Robinson there. But is there room for Lance McCutcheon on this roster, and does he have any fantasy value, or, or is this just fantasy fodder? What, what do you think, Chris? 
I, yeah, I, I think the key is what you said, that late touchdowns. You look at If you go look at the box scores of anyone that scored touchdowns in the fourth quarters of that first week's games, uh, I defy you to find a name you recognize or that will probably be on a, uh, an NFL roster, let alone a fantasy roster, come, come week one. I'm not too excited about this. I always look at guys that score with the first team or with the first team quarterback in the early preseason games, especially next week's preseason game. And fourth quarter of the first preseason game, catching – from the third string quarterback against the fourth string, you know, you know, our guys that are going to get cut are better than your guys that are going to get cut is what I always say about the end of the, the preseason game. So I'm not worried. I, I wouldn't read too much into it. Yeah. I just uh, kind of followed that name away, Lance McCutcheon, because, you know, run the website and got to make sure I know everyone what's going on. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what he does. Uh, but yeah, he definitely has got to start. If he's going to make some kind of impact, he's going to have to start some seeing some reps with the ones and actually make some plays against the, the, the first team defense to, to really cause a commotion. It's just kind of interesting to, to hear this crop up. Of course, it is, you know, basically the week one of the preseason. Anyway, let's get to the injuries right here. Joe Burrow, very good news with the appendectomy. He finally returned to practice uh, kind of unexpectedly this week. Uh, you know, he's looking good. They're taking him slow with him and all, but he's on track to, to, to play week one. Matthew Stafford, we mentioned this with the elbow. Uh, he's fully practicing most days, and when he's practiced so far, he's looked good. He's not reporting any kind of problem. So which is just something to monitor, but, you know, so far so good there for the Rams. Jamison Winston with the ankle, he returned to practice. So, you know, he's still dealing with that knee, torn, uh, torn ACL. He's, he's uh, sometimes wearing the brace, sometimes not. We'll see what he does later on this month. Moving back over to the Rams, Cam Akers and Dale Henderson, both uh, kind of one-two tandem there in, in, for the Rams, uh, both have soft tissue in, in, injuries, so they're going to be taking it easy and practice, might not practice uh, the rest of this week. We'll see. It's kind of a look-see, wait-and-see. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, torn ACL. Well, he was not only uh, activated off the pup, but he returned to practice field on Monday and has looked fairly good. Uh, the head coach, uh, John Harbaugh, said, hey, uh, you know, he's, he looks a little bit better than I expected, but, you know, he's still a ways away, and you know, which is bring him along, and hopefully he'll be ready for week one. Over in Philadelphia, Miles Sanders' hamstring injury did not practice on Tuesday. He sat out Sundays with a, quote, sore leg. So that's what it is, a hamstring. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, good news in Denver, Melvin Gordon with the foot injury returned to practice on Monday, so he looks, you know, like they're going to ease him back in and they're going to be okay for the start of the season, barring some other kind of injury. Rashard Penny with the groin in Seattle uh, returned to practice on Tuesday. Uh, interesting news today came out that uh, they're really expecting Kenneth Walker, the rookie, to see a lot of playing time there. So it looks like it might be an RBBC, maybe a 50-50 or close to 50-50 uh, split there between uh, Walker and Penny. We'll see. And then over in Jacksonville, James Robinson with the Achilles. He's not going to play or practice with contact this week. He is uh, practicing against air and such, and they're taking him slowly, make sure that he can contribute uh, as the season starts here. Wide receivers, uh, boy, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans with a hamstring day-to-day, not practicing. Russell Gage, leg day-to-day, uh, probably a hamstring there day-to-day, not practicing. And Chris Godwin with torn ACL. He returned to seven-on-seven practices, so he's progressing, and they're saying everything's going good. They're hopefully, uh, He's hopeful that he'll be able to play week one. We'll see. T. Higgins with a shoulder still on track to play in week one for the Bengals, uh, getting close to 100% there. Deontay Johnson with the hip. He's managing his hip flexor and kind of in and out of practice, but you know, it didn't look like a major thing. Devonta Smith for the Eagles of groin returned to practice on Sunday. Juju Smith-Schuster with a knee. He sat Tuesday with a sore knee. Keep an eye on that because he's rumored to be the number, new number one for the Chiefs there. Drake London uh, injured his knee in pre- preseason. 
Didn't look like it's going to be that serious. However, he's unlikely to practice this week. We'll keep an eye moving forward. Kadarius Tony with a knee, probably not going to practice this week. Johns are hoping he'll be okay for the start of the season. Uh, once again, James Washington with a foot. He had the surgery. Uh, uh, actually, I'm not sure if he had surgery or not. <laughs> uh, I think he did. Uh, anyway, he's out for 48 more weeks. Uh, and we already mentioned Van Jefferson with a knee. He could play in week one. Paris Campbell. Good news, hamstring, return to practice there. Uh, everything looking good with Paris and, uh, and Camp, uh, Chris? It's as good as it can look with Paris Campbell. He's just being on the field is good because that doesn't happen very often. That's right, and he did play in the preseason game this week. Uh, I don't think, believe he caught any passes. Either one uh, went to him, but uh, that was a whole other issue there. <laughs> a lot of drops in there during the game. We'll work on that. Uh, a couple of tight ends. Zach Ertz with a calf. He initially uh, injured his calf on August 4th. He kind of been in and out of practice since then, so he's kind of nursing it, but they think he'll be okay for week one. And Irv Smith still inspected to play week one, coming off that in thumb. And we'll be at uh, right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, uh, we urge everyone to uh, visit the, the website at ffmastermind.com. Uh, of course, our free NFL Quick Bits page is the flagship feature of our site. Uh, we're still keeping track, of course, all of the free agent tracker uh, and, and player movement uh, tracker there on the site. Free Ida Sky scouting reports, including those covering the Colts from Chris Rito. Uh, we've updated our master's list, MCP board, and executive draft master uh, for premium subscribers in the past week. Once again, uh, version four of the uh, Preseason draft dive was released last Friday with uh, two, four perfect drafts, uh, 21 articles, uh, 442 pages. It's 19.95. Lots of good stuff there. Probably going to update those uh, perfect drafts later on as we get uh, closer to the season towards the end of the month. More articles coming soon, including uh, one on Magic quarterback handcuffs. Those are guys that you might want to look to pair with your starter, courtesy of Chris Rito, uh, later this week or next. And, of course, uh, Gilbert Barr is going to return with his two-quarterback starter league strategy piece. And, of course, our premium summer rates uh, Pro Bowl package, which is the guide, all the updates, all the preseason rankings and updates, and our weekly newsletters is $49.95. Super Bowl package is everything, including the EDM, the Executive Draft Master, which is our drafting software uh, that's an Excel app. It's $59.95. And please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, time for our wide receiver preview in PPR leagues, our top ten, and a couple of sleepers, creepers, overrated, underrated guys. Chris, give me your top three PPR wide receivers for 2022 NY. Well, shockingly, I'm going to start with Cooper Cup. I mean, I actually saw him draw some consideration for the number one overall pick in PPR leagues early this summer after his, you know, near historic triple crown performance last year. 
Uh, and he's generally coming off the board between pick three or four or so. I mean, he's high volume, high red zone usage. And if you don't like him in the pick three to six range of your draft, you should trade back because somebody will move up and give you a King's ransom for him. And even if, you know, and while regression is likely from a historic season, even a full 20% reduction across the board would still probably have him at or near the top of the fantasy ranking. So, so don't overthink this. Cooper Cup's number one. But there is one guy that's got people overthinking this so far in 2022, and that's Justin Jefferson. He's posted over 3,000 yards and 18 touchdowns his first two years in the NFL, and that was playing for a run-focused conservative coach. Now he's got a new pass-happy offensive-minded head coach, and he's also got more pure speed than Cup. And with the 17th game, some people are projecting he could be the first to break the 2,000-yard barrier this year, have him going right in drafts behind Cup. It is worth noting, Jefferson's worst season of his two, his rookie year, was 25% better than anything Cooper Cup had ever done before last year. So this guy's definitely rising. And my number three in PPRs, a little bit surprised to some people, is Devontae Adams. At five straight years in the top six in PPR points per game, twice being the one, the number one overall, number two last year to Cup. Primary threat, pass-based offense, and barring another injury, is about as solid a wide receiver one you could hope for. He's just a lock for double-digit targets every week, a double-digit TD score. The only question is, is Derek Carr going to provide him the same quality and quantity of targets he got in Green Bay? And I'm going to bet this underrated quarterback and his old college teammate knows exactly how to do that. Okay. Uh, my top five. Uh, Cooper Cup, for the same reasons that you say, uh, he saw 10 targets at least 11 times last year. That's just phenomenal and kind of a mind meld with uh, Matthew Stafford. And number two is also Justin Jefferson, in my mind. Uh, you know, uh, I think I project him over a little over 100 catches, 1,500 yards, 10 scores. That's conservative, uh, but still put him number two on the list here. And my number three is Jamar Chase. Uh, he barely caught 80, uh, 80 passes last year, but had over 1,500 yards, uh, you know, and, and, and major scores, uh, you know, a big play receiver. Uh, but it's interesting because Cup saw 10-plus targets 10, 11 times last year. Jefferson saw it seven times. Chase only saw it twice. So if he just gets a little bit more volume, they should be going to him because he, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. That's not going to happen this year because uh, he is the clear number one there, even though with T. Higgins still around. I have him close to 90 catches, uh, 1,500 yards, 13 scores, and that puts him firmly in the tier with Jefferson right behind Cup and number three. My number four, Stefan Diggs. Uh, you know, maybe on talent, Devontae Adams has got him beat, but, you know, the consistency of Diggs and the fact that he plays so well in that uh, past first offense in Buffalo, over 100 catches, I believe he's going to get again this year, 1,300 yards and 11 scores. Uh, he sh- and he should see more targets with Sanders and Beasley gone from the roster, even though he's got replacements coming. I love uh, Gabriel Davis, but Diggs is still going to get his. And my number five guy is your number three guy, uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, I think he's going to do well as a Raider. Uh, you know, of course, he's, he's going to playing with his uh, college quarterback and Carr there. Now, I don't understand why Carr's not a top ten uh, quarterback, but uh, for, in a lot of people, he isn't for me. Uh, and yet, Devontae Adams could be top five. I, I've got him at five here. I don't know if he have one without the other, but I think 100-plus catches for Adams, 1,300 yards, 10 scores, that's kind of conservative on, on, the, on the lower end there for, for scores and, and yards. But, you know, we'll see. The bottom line is that you're drafting late in your first round, and Devontae Adams is on the board. You could do a lot worse than to pick Devontae Adams. <laughs> so uh, what about your number four or five guy, Chris? Yeah, my number four is Jamar Chase. And I want to touch on a couple of things that you mentioned. I mean, obviously he had that explosive rookie season, but the reality of regression just is there. You know, aside from his college teammate, Justin Jefferson, 
every other huge rookie wide receiver has regressed to be very good but lesser numbers in his sophomore year. And like you said, Chase feasted on the big play last year, and a common recipe for fantasy regression is touchdown scoring as well. So I looked at the average of the top 10 rookie wide receiver seasons ever. They all dropped about 30% in touchdown rate their second year, which would put Chase farther back into the pack, you know, where he is right now. And the fact that he has another alpha dog receiver in T. Higgins is a factor. In fact, if you look, Higgins had a higher season-long target share and a week 11 through 18, the whole second half of the year, he was better than Chase in points, targets, catches, and yards per game. So I just, I just think that the opportunity to really jump up in number of, of, of targets and catches may or may, just may not be there for Chase. Still going to be great. Still going to be number one. And number five is Tyreek Hill. Uh, a lot of people are questioning Hill's sanity because he was comparing Tua favorably to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but the stats and, the, and the, the high-level stats kind of back him up more than you think. Nonetheless, the message here is that Tua and Hill have great chemistry already, and his value could be retained a little bit after moving to Miami. Tua's strengths are short-range accuracy, which leads to yards after catch. Obviously, Hill's great at that. And he was actually the most efficient deep passer in the NFL last year. He just didn't throw it very often because he didn't have a deep guy to throw it to. So while I don't know if Hill's a lock for 1,200 yards and an average of 11 touchdowns like he did the last five years, he now just has the best running mate at wide receiver to attract attention he's ever had. So that might make him just as scary. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with my number six, seven, and eight here. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, what's not to like here? I think he's going to be a monster in 2022. You've got Chris Godwin coming off the torn ECL. I'm not sure if he's going to start the season there on the field, but he probably will. Uh, Russell Gage is, is a newbie, uh, played the slot, but he's going to beat now too. Uh, and uh, fortunately, Tom Brady's returning. There's no Gronk on the field. So as long as Evans stays healthy, and that's a key, I think he's going to be locked to be an elite fantasy producer. So don't uh, hesitate to draft him as your, as your one. And, and the good news is that in ADPs and a lot of these uh, leagues, he's, he's waiting, he's going in a third round. And I've seen some people draft him in the middle to late second. And uh, well, I like him. So uh, if you're, you're drafting in that area and uh, you can wait till the third round to grab your number one wide, uh, wide receiver and Evans is a little more, grab him. Number seven uh, for me is CeeDee Lamb. Dallas, uh, number one wide receiver there. You got Dak Prescott. There's no more Cooper there. I think he's going to lead. Uh, it's going to lead, obviously, to more targets and more production. Uh, 90 plus pa- passes to catches. Uh, 1,240 yards, I got him down for 11 scores, uh, solid number seven there. And number eight, Debo Samuel, and I'm looking at my MCP board. I've got to update my comments on this because the last time I had a comment on Debo Samuel was before he got his extension. So, uh, anyway, uh, he's a do-all thing. He has no problem doing a running back uh, wide receiver. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's going to uh, probably catch uh, close to 1,500 yards their score upwards of a double-digit touchdowns get a lot on the ground, too. So he's my number eight guy, Debo Samuel. Uh, how about the rest of your top ten, Chris? Yeah, I've got Mike Evans number six. You hit on a lot of really great points there. I mean, eight straight seasons over 1,000 yards with five different quarterbacks. He's, and he's averaged 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns in his two years with Brady despite a reduced target share in those two years versus previous years. So I think Mike Evans is going to be great. We got him. We have him ranked sixth. We got him as a 12th receiver off the board in Fanex, to your point from earlier. Um, I got Stephon Diggs, number seven. He had 30 less catches and 400 less yards than the year before, and he was still a solid one in PPR. You know, maybe 2020 was his ceiling, but especially with a rising number two in Gabe Davis, but this offense is too good, and he's too good to rank their leading receiver any lower than this. Very high floor uh, in PPR. And among the guys in my six to ten range, he's probably got the lowest chance to be the number one overall receiver, but he's the safest to stay in the top ten for sure because of his high floor. 
I've got Debo Samuel 8. I think he might be one of the more likely candidates in the top 10 for, I won't say a bust, but bust-level regression because his explosion last year was buoyed by all those unexpected rushing gains and touchdowns. Not to say he wasn't truly great on his receiving chops alone, but those wouldn't have made him a number three overall in points per game. Um, I just think the biggest also thing is Trey Lance at quarterback. This could impact the passing efficiency and target share, but it definitely removes the chances for Debo to score as many times on the goal line as he did before. Very talented, but a little more risk than I would like in my number one if possible. Similarly, CeeDee Lamb at number nine is another guy whose situation changed a lot. Amari Cooper's gone. Ched, Cedric Wilson's gone. Gallup's hurt. Um, Lamb's always teased us with electric skills while playing a complementary role. Can he take over as a high-volume t- star like everyone thinks? I just think he's solid. He may have a high ceiling, but he might have a lower floor than you might like uh, with your wide receiver one. And don't underestimate the impact of Schultz as a TD vulture either there. Uh, number 10 is A.J. Brown, uh, just ahead of T. Higgins. Uh, because T. Higgins, again, because he's sharing the ball a lot more. People are down on Brown because he's going to a low-volume passing offense. They do realize he was in Tennessee with King Henry for his entire career, so he, he does pretty well in that situation. But he's always offset his low volume by being efficient and big, producing big plays, and the Eagles' offense actually is very well suited to his strengths. It's just like his collegiate scheme. Uh, the quick-hitting run RPO offense that Sirianni uh, uses will get the balls into the hands of this guy quickly, let him run. Kind of the opposite of the guys I just mentioned. Uh, he, he may have you know, a, a decent floor because of, because of being the alpha dog, but I can also see ways he could improve a lot this year and maybe shoot up into the top five. Okay. Well, around that, my top ten, uh, I've got uh, Tyree Kill at number nine for many of the same reasons that you mentioned there. Uh, so much potential there. Uh, you know, uh, he's really talked up to, uh, I think, to a that does have a bit of a breakout season this year. Uh, one thing's for sure, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't break out in some kind of way, he's not going to be the Miami Dolphins quarterback next year. But I think it's going to be a positive year for him and, and Hill. Uh, and the best thing is that uh, with Hill, you can get him at the end of the second round, start of the third in your draft. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of outside potential there. And number 10, I've got the old man, Keenan Allen, from the Chargers. Yes, just hey, this is the PPR people, okay? Over 100 catches, uh, 1,200 so yards, seven or eight scores. That's the one thing he doesn't score very much. He does put up a two-touchdown game here and there. Uh, you know, obviously his running mate, uh, Mike Williams, is going to score more than him this year probably. And uh, but, but he's going to dominate the catches there. Safety valve for Justin Herbert there. By the way, people, I've got Williams at 12, so he's not too far behind Keenan Allen. So let's go on over to a couple of sleepers and or uh, creepers, underrated, overrated guys. Chris, give me a couple of sleepers or overrated, underrated guys that you like uh, for 2022 from wideout position. Uh, a guy that's been underrated <clears throat> a little bit this year is Michael Thomas. Uh, he's been absent for a couple of years, and his ADP is steadily climbing this summer. But he's being drafted as a wide receiver three now. and He was a five earlier in the summer when I got him in an earlier draft. Have we really forgotten the last time we saw him play in 2019? He had a year just like Cooper Cups this year. So he's finally healthy. He's got some real NFL receivers to attract coverage. Obviously, Winston's no breeze, but he's still pretty good. I actually think Thomas is at worst a solid wide receiver two with number one potential. You can get five to six rounds into a standard draft right now. He's going in around the fourth round in expert draft. And then a guy that's a little bit way deeper on the chart is Marvin Jones. He's one of those guys that gets forgotten every year. You can get him as a wide receiver five or six, and he'll definitely outproduce that. You know that really terrible Jacksonville pass offense last year? Jones was the PPR wide receiver number 34, so a three and earn trust from the rookie. Touchdown contributor usually outpaces the league norm in touchdown percentage. Now he's got a seasoned Lawrence at quarterback, uh, offensive mind, and Doug Peterson actually running a real offense. 
Christian Kirk to draw number one coverage. I think he's a virtual lock for over 100 targets and 75 catches late in your draft at a much better value in your draft than Christian Kirk, who's going four to five rounds earlier. Yeah, I got to admit, Chris, uh, you really turned my uh... – my uh, opinion around on Marvin because, uh, you know, I've always liked him in the past, but, boy, coming off last year, uh, it was just pathetic offensive performance there from ja- Jacksonville. I couldn't believe that he caused many passes, had almost 900 yards receiving and four touchdowns in that offense, but you're exactly right. They, they should they should grow uh, Trevor Lawrence. They should perform better with new coaches and, and uh, better coaches <laughs> and better pl- talent around him. Uh, so I like uh, Marvin Jones as a sleeper too. Uh, a couple of my guys at this position – I don't know what it is with people are just discounting Robert Woods completely. Uh, they're they're dry. I even see Trayvon, uh, Traylon Burke uh, go before Robert Woods in a lot of these drafts, and uh, I'm always the one waiting and end up taking Robert Woods as a four or a five, usually as a four. Uh, and I think he, he could get the WR3 uh, numbers. He's practicing and playing without a brace off that torn ACL. He's looking really good in camp. They're really high on him. Uh, he's way ahead of Burks in, in terms of knowledge uh, and, and, and savvy and experience. Uh, he is going to be the y, uh, WR1 in that offense. I really like Robert Woods. You can get him at, at a good value in your draft ADP-wise. And the other one on my list is a uh, new one. I just added him to this list and probably gonna add, and when I up, up make my sleeper uh, feature on this. Christian Watson, all the talk about Ryan Dubes, uh, you know, coming out as the rookie. Well, he's been seeing all this time in, in, in training camp uh, because Christian Watson's had a knee injury. Well, uh, Christian Watson was just activated and has hit the practice field. He's already uh, starting to look good. And uh, I think he's going to overtake Dubes there and uh, has a good shot, shot to start. And the bottom line here is that Dubes is going before Watson in a lot of the drafts. So you can wait until the 13th, 14th, 15th round right now and grab Christian Watson. That's a fantastic value. How about a couple of overrated guys at wide receiver for you this year, uh, this summer, uh, Chris? I'll talk about the guy that Watson and Romeo Dubes have replaced, and that's Marquise Valdez-Scantling. MVS, we get excited about this guy every year, and he always disappoints, partially because of health, but he just hasn't lived up to expectations. This year, everyone's targeting him as a huge sleeper with breakout potential because he's going to play with a great quarterback. Um, Wasn't he playing with two-time MVP Aaron Rodgers the last four seasons? I'm pretty sure he's just a one-trick pony, pretty decent in best ball formats, but he's being overdrafted in many FFLs this year just because he's going to Kansas City. By the way, the number two receiver in Kansas City has never been better than a number five wide receiver in PPR, and that was with Nicole Hardman last year, who, by the way, is still there. And then I, I think uh, Amari Cooper is being overdrafted. Great wide receiver, difference maker on the field, solid PPR wide receiver number two with a very accurate quarterback and other threats in the lineup. But he's absolutely not going to be that guy in a run-centered offense in Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett tossing in the rock for what looks to be a minimum of half the fantasy regular season. He's just not going to get the volume he's used to seeing and a lot of double coverage with no threats across the field. He's being drafted at his Oakland or Dallas or maybe his Deshaun Watson ceiling, which just isn't good value, in, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I, I want to apologize to uh, Romeo Dubes. I called him Ryan. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Anyway, uh, a couple of guys on my list that I'm kind of staying away from, uh, Traylon Burks, and that's what we just mentioned. I like me some Robert Woods. Not crazy about Traylon Burks. Got off to a slow start in the offseason because of asthma and such, and now he's uh, having trouble learning the system there. Uh, you know, he, While Woods, of course, was rested in the first preseason game, Burks played but came in with the backups. Uh, leading 
estimably he's still third team. He's got a lot to learn before he uh, makes it up and, and possibly starts later in the season. I think uh, Nick Westbrook, Kenny, is way ahead of him there. Uh, so uh, I think you're overpaying for Burks if Woods is still on the board. Uh, wait a round or two and grab Woods. Uh, the other guy on my list, uh, Jameson Crowder. Uh, you know, I, I liked him when uh, you know, he was healthy and he was productive in a slot, uh, but then he became a Jet, and all of a sudden every other game he was getting injured. Um, same thing has happened in Buffalo. Uh, missed a lot of time early in camp. Isaiah McKenzie is coming out of nowhere uh, and, and winning the slot position there. It looks like Jameson Crowder uh, uh, is probably going to be his back up there. Uh, the bottom line here is that I don't think even think it's worth a draft pick. Uh, I think uh, the last couple of drafts, maybe Jameson Crowder went at the very end of the draft, but uh, you know, not sure on that. But you know, that's another guy that's off my list there. Anyway, we want to thank everybody for joining us for Chris Rito. This is Mike Nazrek. We'll see you all next week when uh, the uh, Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge returns when the tight end position from a fantasy perspective is previewed. Good night, and good luck to everyone drafting this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!